Welcome to Unpublished Ottawa's podcast. I'm Ed Hand. Unpublishedottawa.com is Canada's only social media website dedicated to current affairs. Launched in the spring of 2013 by founder James O'Grady, Unpublished Ottawa was created to provide a viral communications platform to help Canadians, community groups, and organizations get their message out to a larger audience online and through social media. Originally conceived to help answer the question, what happens to 95% of letters to the editor that never get published? Our hope is to engage Canadians on current affairs and issues that impact their daily lives, providing an unfiltered perspective, free of bias, and political partisanship. Depending on your perspective, Ontario is headed for reefer madness or it's getting out of the dark ages. Hello and welcome to the Unpublished Cafe podcast for Unpublished Ottawa. I'm Ed Hand. The province of Ontario is getting its ducks in a row for the rollout of legalized marijuana by July 1st. The federal government started the process and is letting each province introduce it as they see fit. In Ontario, the government's launching the Ontario Cannabis Retail Corporation, 40 standalone stores run by the province to sell recreational marijuana. That will expand to 150 stores by 2020. It would be run much like the LCBO, another government monopoly, although cannabis and liquor will not be sold in the same store. The Liberals call their plan a safe and sensible way to approach the issue. Coming up on the Unpublished Cafe podcast, we'll talk to Ontario Attorney General Yasser Nakfi about the Liberal approach. We'll also chat with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business about its view on legalizing recreational marijuana and how it could be a job creator. New Ontario PC leader Doug Ford is mused about allowing the private sector into the industry. It's an interesting call considering the PCs voted against the legislation at Queen's Park. It's also interesting to note that Ford could be taking a page out of the Green Party platform. And to find out more, I'm pleased to be joined by Mike Schreiner, the leader of the Ontario Green Party. How are you, Mike? I'm fantastic, Ed. How about yourself? Excellent, excellent. And thank you. I'm glad you could join us today. Why does the Green Party favor private sector involvement in the retail cannabis sector? Well, I tell you what, it's a half-baked idea the Liberals have that we're somehow going to uh, eliminate the underground market for cannabis with 40 government-run monopoly retail stores. I mean, think about how big and beautiful of a province Ontario is. 40 government monopoly-run stores will do nothing to stop the unsafe underground cannabis market. And, you know, I mean, I walk down a street in downtown Toronto, and, you know, I'll see... Uh, 10 dispensaries just in Toronto alone, let alone the whole province. So uh, their plan will not meet the stated objective of shutting down the unsafe underground market. In that case, then, would the Green Party be more in favor of more stores on the rollout then? No, we actually think the better way to go is to license and regulate private dispensaries There is already, I mean, these things have popped up all over the province, so there's already a network in place. So why not license and regulate that, make it safe, and we can have a cannabis market that benefits local businesses and local workers, benefits local economies and creates good local jobs, supports local farmers who can supply those local stores and also opens up opportunities for indigenous entrepreneurs as well. To me, that's a much better approach and will achieve the stated objective of um, getting rid of the unsafe 
uh, underground market. How, how does opening it up to the private sector get rid of the uh, the uh, you know the criminal element here? Well, I mean, the bottom line is 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 if um, if you're going to get rid of the criminal element and the unsafe underground market, you have to make cannabis um, widely available um, and accessible to people, but do it in a way that is regulated and licensed so it's safe. And if you think about it, a lot of these, um, you know, local entrepreneurs who want to be a part of the cannabis market, they're doing it because they're passionate about the product. They're going to connect with the people who want to buy cannabis legally. And, uh, you know, those folks will not, those customers, one, they probably won't even be able to access one of the 40 stores because it won't be in their neighborhood or in their community even. Um, They're less likely to want to go to this sort of stodgy government monopoly. And so they're probably going to continue to buy from whoever they've been buying for in the unsafe underground market. So we can get rid of the underground market and we can do this in a safe way and in a way that creates local jobs, supports local communities, supports local farmers. I kind of think of it as the craft brewing industry. You know, we have the craft brewers are, are, um, you know, that's the fastest, one of the fastest growing markets in Ontario. Uh, And we can, and it's creating local jobs, supporting local employment, supporting local, local communities, supporting local farmers. We can do the exact same thing with the cannabis market. Mike Schreiner is the leader of the Ontario Green Party, joining us on the Unpublished Cafe podcast for Unpublished Ottawa as we talk about the legalization of marijuana coming for Ontario on July 1st. And I I think when we talk about reducing criminality, I think on the other side of the coin there, we as a taxpayer could be saving some funds as well in terms of policing, whether it's uh, dealing with low-level dealers or dealing with uh, higher-level crime. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things we need to do, and the police chief in my hometown in Guelph talks about this all the time, that we have to stop uh, criminalizing people with addictions. We're not going to arrest our way out of that problem, so we need to start coming up with other solutions. I think in the case of cannabis, um, we need to make sure it's safe. We need to make sure it's regulated. We need to make sure only licensed um uh, stores can retail it, but let's make it accessible so we can create a safe environment for people and get rid of the unsafe underground underground criminal market. But I think beyond that, when we're talking about other addiction issues, we need to start treating addictions as a healthcare problem and not as a criminal problem. Mike, where does the Green Party stand on the the issue of smoking lounges? Yeah, so I think it's something we should definitely be uh, look into. Um, I'm not a big fan of um, secondhand smoke in public locations. So um, I think, you know, those types of issues we're going to have to work our way through. But I, I think the government needs to be looking at, the, at um, how we could create safe spaces that would allow for um, uh, cannabis to be used in that way, and in a way that is safe and legal. Yeah, you mentioned uh, safe spaces, and uh, in terms of Ontario, some landlords are, well, they want the ability to tell people they can't smoke it in in their units, their rental units. Uh, Where does the Green Party stand there? Well, I think, um, you know, that's a decision that um, landlords need to make for themselves, 
And, and, and so I think that's a decision they'll make. Under the Green Party model, what kind of revenue could the province pull in? Well, we think that the uh, province, we haven't uh, costed out exactly how much revenue, but um, we think we'll, our plan will generate, generate more revenue. And we have committed to um, dedicating that revenue, a portion of that revenue, to municipalities because we see the municipalities experiencing additional costs, particularly around um, licensing and enforcement. Uh, and then a portion of that would go to the province. And we believe the province should dedicate that revenue to mental health and addictions um, programming, which, as you know, are so underfunded in this province. We have a mental health crisis in Ontario that the government in you know 15 years has done little to nothing about. Uh, and we need to make additional investments in mental health, which, you know, we just heard them come out with with some additional funding this morning. So, you know, 78 days before Election Day, it's it's good they're finally waking up to this crisis. But uh, we, we would like to see cannabis revenue dedicated to mental health and addictions programs. You're banging on doors. Uh, you're, you're always banging on doors talking to people. Uh, is this a key issue for Ontarians? You know, it, um, it depends. I would say most of the doors I'm knocking on, people tell me they're concerned about jobs and they are very excited about the Green Party's plan to rebuild the green middle class with 21st century clean economy jobs and our plan to support local businesses. And in the context of talking about our plan to support local businesses, you know, we target lowering payroll taxes on small businesses so they can pay their workers a living wage and create more jobs uh, paying their workers at higher wages. But we also talk about our cannabis plan as well, because we think there's an opportunity in a safe, highly licensed, regulated way for local businesses to make additional contributions to our communities and our economy through cannabis sales. Uh, and then the other issue that comes up a lot, Ed, is um, just the housing affordability crisis we have. I have everyone from young people to seniors talking about how expensive it is to have a home. And the Green Party has a comprehensive plan to address that. And I've been surprised as a Green how many people tell me they're deeply concerned about the climate crisis? I know it's an issue that hasn't popped up top of the polls in recent years, but I think with the floods and the droughts and the, the forest fires and the extreme weather storms and the cost that's making to our communities, more and more people are saying we have to address the climate crisis. And they like the Green Party's approach, uh, comprehensive approach to addressing that issue as well. Mike, I want to thank you for joining us on the uh, Unpublished Cafe. Absolutely, Ed. I'm happy to join you anytime. I want to thank Mike Schreiner of the Ontario Green Party for joining us on the Unpublished Cafe for Unpublished Ottawa. When July 1st rolls around, the province will start to offer recreational cannabis at its 40 location stores as well as online. And another voice that has joined the choir toward more private sector involvement is the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Ryan Mallow is a senior policy analyst with the CFIB, and he joins us on the Unpublished Cafe. Good afternoon, Ryan. Good afternoon. Did the CFIB have reservations when the government announced it would be moving to legalize marijuana? Um, We had some initially, um, but at the end of the day, we are a small business group that represents small businesses. So when it comes to the the social aspects and concerns around legalization, we sort of keep that separate. Um, What we had more reservations about are when provinces started to announce that they would be looking at uh, 
complete public sector monopolies as far as retail models go. Now, the Liberals have announced their plan for the rollout, and, and they're going to have the 40 standalone stores that's going to be, I guess, operated a lot like the LCBO, and it will be in the, in that, in the government monopoly. How would the CFIB like to see the introduction of this? Well, first of all, we'd like to see uh, a role for the private sector. Um, we think that the, the government's goal at the federal level and at the provincial level is to eliminate the illicit market for cannabis. We think that's a laudable goal. It's the goal they should be going after. Uh, but we don't think that a public sector monopoly is going to accomplish that, um, particularly the one in Ontario where you're starting at 40 stores. Uh, we think there's too much room for the illicit sector to continue to uh, exist, if not grow. Um, and we think that introducing the private sector or giving the private sector an opportunity to get involved uh, will help to curb that. And, and how do you see that curbing the, the criminality? Well, I mean, take, I mean, I live in Toronto mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, you can you know, throw a rock and, and hit a, a dispensary at this point. There, there is existing infrastructure there. Uh, the government has made it very clear that when cannabis is uh, officially legalized, that it will be the uh, Ontario cannabis stores and no other options. They'll be cracking down on those guys. Those guys have been in existence for years, uh, albeit in, in the gray market. They do have supply chains, they have customer bases, they have uh, product knowledge, and that is all being pushed underground. Um, so, I mean, if anything, you're, you're giving a boost to the underground market at that point uh, by not finding a way to not necessarily green light these guys uh, upon legalization. I mean, obviously, a, a cannabis market does need to be regulated. There should be licensing. It should be closely watched. But finding a way to integrate these guys into the, uh, the legal market would be a much better way of uh, curbing the illicit one. Ryan Mallow is joining us this afternoon. He's a senior policy analyst with the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses. We're chatting about Ontario's proposed rollout of legalized marijuana coming on July 1st. And and from the CFIB's perspective, this isn't about, uh, uh, I guess, a boost of revenue for the province, is it? No. Uh, in fact, uh, well, we've yet to see numbers in Ontario. I mean, everything we've heard is that the province is going to actually lose money on cannabis sales, uh, at least from the start. Um, I, I think that in other jurisdictions, like there, we have seen that there is revenue there. I mean, I know in Colorado, they're using that revenue for very specific purposes around building schools, infrastructure, and that sort of thing. And that's all very good. But we think the primary objective here should be to uh, eliminate the illicit market. Which provinces, if any, uh, does the CFIB think might have a better approach to this? Well, we've seen uh, BC do a public-private uh, hybrid. We've seen Alberta go with private bricks and mortar and public online sales. Uh, Manitoba uh, is also going with a private market. So I think any government that is providing a role for the private sector is certainly one for Ontario to look at. Uh, it's when you go the public monopoly route that we start to raise concern. Now, do you have concerns about going private sector with online sales? Um, not necessarily. I mean, it's, it becomes a matter of, of, uh, how it's regulated and how it's licensed. And again, it should be a regulated market. We don't want to see the wild west of cannabis stores. I know the premier, uh, uh, got on, uh, Doug Ford's case suggesting that, uh, people wouldn't want cannabis sold next to candy bars. And of course, absolutely not. But I don't think when we're talking about, uh, private sales, we're talking about, uh, convenience stores selling them in front of shop. I mean, we're talking about a similar model to what the province is proposing, dedicated stores 
just run by the private sector. So I think that you can see that work uh, in the uh, online model as well. Um, again, you can regulate it by having Canada Post do the delivery, by ensuring that uh, a person is there with identification upon receiving it, um, just providing more choice than the government monopoly to consumers. In terms of uh, legalizing marijuana, this could really cr- turn into a job creator. As a number of Canadian cannabis companies have already signed to provide uh, cannabis for, for Germany. So this could turn into even a bigger uh, job creator than we are anticipating. Absolutely. And then, I mean, there's, there's a broad market everywhere from uh, the agricultural side and, and production to uh, the store and retail to the uh, accessories that come out there for uh, cannabis consumption. And whenever we see the uh, edible market emerge, when the federal government figures out the regulation around that, uh, that too should see you know, a, a major takeoff. There is a lot of economic potential uh, in the cannabis market. Um, it's just a matter of rolling it out in a way where the private sector has the opportunity to tap into that potential. From your perspective, do you think the legalized marijuana issue will be uh, key in the upcoming election? Um, I hope at the very least that it's talked about. Uh, I think that given that uh, Doug Ford has indicated that he's going uh, very much a different direction than the premier, it will certainly be a uh, wedge issue between the two. It's it's a point where either one can sort of show that they're different. But what we're hoping for is that uh, all parties... Green, NDP, conservative, liberal, uh, are at the very least talking about it because uh, this has happened very quickly and the deadline is approaching uh, very fast for legalization day. Um, there was some consultation, but I'm not sure there was enough public conversation about what it is consumers are looking for, what it is you know, the, the uh, policing community is looking for in terms of public safety, what it is the business community is looking for in terms of opportunity. Uh, so at the very least, we hope that it's something that is talked about and brought a little more to the forefront. Ryan, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Ryan Mallow is a senior policy analyst with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Ontario is drawing closer to the July 1st launch of legalized marijuana. The province wants to keep it close to its vest and set up its Ontario Cannabis Retail Corporation. Forty of those stores will be set up initially with a total of 150 by 2020. The Ontario government has called this the sensible and safe way to do it. And to find out more perspective on the issue, I am pleased to be joined this afternoon by Ontario Attorney General Yasser Nakfi. How are you, Yasser? I'm good, Ed. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad you could join us. Now, is the province ready for this rollout for July 1st? So as you as you know, the federal government is uh, legalizing uh, recreational use of cannabis. There's a piece of legislation that is working through the, the, the parliament. We want to make sure that we are ready uh, for that legalization. That is why we worked really hard over the last year uh, in terms of consulting uh, Ontarians, consulting experts to better understand exactly the kind of rules and regulations that we need to put place in Ontario so that we are ready for that legalization. We have passed the legislation that goes with it, um, and we are now working very hard uh, to make sure that Ontario is ready when the federal government passes the law and and legalizes recreational use of cannabis. Now, uh, 40 stores to start here in Ontario, and uh, they'll be under the Ontario Cannabis Retail Corporation flag, much like the the LCBO and you know how how are forty stores to to able to serve more than thirteen million people in Ontario? 
Well, let me let me make uh, two points to that. Uh, number one, when we were out consulting Ontarians and we were speaking to experts, uh, there was there was a very clear message that was sent to us that this is a big cultural uh, shift. We have to have a, a safe and sensible approach to how legalization takes place. And our focus has to be on protecting our youth and the vulnerable in making sure that public health and road safety uh, is, is paramount and that we put an end to the illicit uh, and illegal market that, that exists uh, for cannabis. So those were our guiding principles upon which we have, uh, we have worked on. Um, as a result, we worked hard to determine exactly how we should retail uh, cannabis and what we have come up with is a LCBO type uh, model uh, through the Ontario uh, Cannabis Retail uh, Corporation. But we're not just uh, stopping there on retail stores where you can walk in and purchase a cannabis, but we're also uh, going to be creating an online uh, uh, retail uh, shop where people anywhere in the province can also uh, buy um, cannabis like many people do right now for medicinal uh, purposes. So we're starting initially because we're trying to be pragmatic um, with 40 stores. And as you mentioned earlier, we'll grow to 150 uh, stores and, uh, by, by 2020. And of course, we will continue to evaluate and see what the demand is. But we wanted to make sure that there is uh, there's at least 40 stores open uh, by, by summer of uh, uh, this year when cannabis is legalized along with uh, an online option. Now the, the the okay I understand the online part but you know, we we mentioned forty stores and and you talk about dealing with the the criminal element or taking the criminal element out of it and and you know it's all about supply and demand forty stores is not going to take the criminal element out of it. Uh, well, I mean, I think there's two things. Uh, one, there's the enforcement piece around dealing with with the criminal element. But you know, the the analysis that we have we have done, uh, there is of course a fair bit of demand uh, to have access to uh, legal uh, cannabis for recreational purposes. Um, so we feel that when uh, that option is available, people will rely on that either by way of a retail store on a main street. Um, or uh, through the online uh, portion, uh, online uh, uh, store. Um, I, we also think that uh, I, there's going to be a huge uh, use of the online uh, component of the retail uh, online because there's still um, a stigma attached uh, to, to buying cannabis. And I think a lot of people who want to buy it legally probably will like the the anonymity, so to speak, where they're not walking into a store where they can go online and, and buy the product and through through a Canada Post is delivered to their home. As I said earlier, the only way to buy uh, medicinal uh, cannabis or cannabis for medicinal purposes legally right now in Canada is online. So that that uh, um, setup is already well established. And what we heard from people is that they're actually keen to continue to use that for recreational purposes as well. Ontario Attorney General Yasser Nakfi is joining us on the Unpublished Cafe podcast as we talk about the legalization of marijuana in Ontario. And, you know, we mentioned uh, the 40 stores to start. What, how did the province determine which municipalities w- would get those 40 stores? Uh, so, so obviously the implementation of that, we have given that task to LCBO and 
the Ontario Retail Cannabis Corporation is a uh, is a subsidiary of, of LCBO. They, uh, as you know, through the LCBO network, have significant experience, business experience in uh, in doing market analysis, in better understanding where the the demand is. They have rules around uh, and not opening LCBO stores close to schools and 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 daycares where they may be vulnerable population. Um, so of course they're leveraging all that skill set, all, all that knowledge that they have about Ontario, given that they've been in that business for some time uh, around, around uh, cannabis. Um, we're also, of course, on top of that, working very closely with municipalities to make sure that the municipalities are, are consulted, that they are on board, that they are they're the initial municipalities uh, that are we, we, they will have cannabis stores uh, in, in their communities, and that there is consultations as to the location of the sc- uh, stores. Lastly, uh, one of the things that, that LCBO is doing in that analysis is, is doing, if I could say, call it a heat map. They're looking at where the use is, where a, a, a lot of concentration of illegal stores are, are right now, because I think that tells you that there's a demand in that particular geography and making sure that we've got, uh, we've got presence so that we can effect, effectively deal with the, uh, the illegal market and give people a legal choice to buy cannabis when it is legalized. All right, so when it is legalized in Ontario and your, your 40 stores are up, what are you going to do about these dispensaries that are right across the province? Well, the dispensaries uh, are illegal today. Uh, I've been very clear mm-hmm. uh, about that because there's only one legal way of buying cannabis for medicinal purposes, uh, and that's the rule that is set by federal government through Health Canada, and that is online through licensed producers. Um, we know that there's about a $7 billion illicit um, uh, uh, market in Canada around, around uh, illegal cannabis. We don't know whether where there is that cannabis is coming from. It's not uh, regulated by Health Canada. We've heard instances of, uh, of, of, of uh, mold, uh, a, perhaps even fentanyl um, in, in this cannabis. So there's some serious risk associated with it, not to mention involvement of organized uh, crime. Um, so um, the police, as you know, in places like Ottawa and, and Toronto have been quite active in enforcing uh, the law, uh, and that will continue uh, to happen. The Cannabis Act that we passed um, in December in Ontario legislature gives police uh, more powers in terms of uh, interim closure orders, the kind of powers they had asked the province to give them so that there is more teeth to the enforcement. Furthermore, we have, um, we have also made it um, uh, an offense for landlords who may uh, knowingly uh, lease their premise uh, to uh, a cannabis operator or to open a cannabis uh, store. Uh, so there's that aspect as well where landlords obviously don't want to lease their premises to an illegal business. So it's a combination of things, and we will continue uh, through our police the enforcement process to make sure that we put an end to the illegal market. You know, uh, the Ontario PCs obviously have elected a new leader, and and, uh, Doug Ford raised a few eyebrows when he talked about bringing the private sector into uh, the legalization uh, situation. Uh, Why do you see that as a a positive or a negative? Well, I I think it's a a dangerous proposition uh, to to, uh, privatize the sale of cannabis 
uh, from the get-go, as I said to you, uh, this is a, a major culture shift. We did a tremendous amount of consultation with the public, uh, with uh, experts both in, in, in health uh, and, and public safety, um, including a law enforcement. And the advice we got again and again is, is to go by a model similar to LCBO. Uh, LCBO uh, knows how to uh, product these, these uh, how to market these products in a responsible way. They have a good track record in making sure that it does not get into uh, people who are not legally, but from age perspective, uh, have access uh, uh, to this. And there's the health and safety aspect around the product as well. I don't think in Ontario anybody wants uh, these uh, these cannabis stores uh, in their in their local neighborhoods. In fact, one of the biggest complaints I hear in Ottawa uh, is how these these cannabis stores continue to pop up on streets like um, on Preston Streets or on on Elgin or, or Bank Streets, and local merchants and local residents are not pleased about that. They welcome a more coordinated uh, approach, uh, the one as, as we have announced, and a legal store run by the LCBO. You know, I, I, uh, I, I wonder if this issue is, is maybe dividing the party or, or, uh, or, or the government a bit, because I, I was reading a report by the Ministry of Con- uh, Community Safety that's basically disputing the, the, the proposition of putting it in the liquor stores or, or in, in a liquor store format, as opposed to, uh, you know, having more uh, availability because then you're, you know, you know, it's basically a supply and demand thing, right? Yeah, well, I can tell you, we all, we uh, across the different ministries have worked very closely on this uh, on this issue. And Ministry of Community Safety and Correctional Services has been very much uh, at the table, uh, along with, uh, of course, Ministry of Finance, the Ministry of Education, Children and Youth Services, Ministry of Health, um, because we and Ministry of Transportation, because we all have to work hand in glove to make sure that we have um, a, a a regime and infrastructure in place that takes into account uh, all elements. As I said to you earlier, we, uh, from the very uh, outset of this process, worked hard to determine exactly what is a policy objective. And the policy objective, after much consultation, we identified is to protect our youth and the vulnerable, is to make sure that uh, we have our roads safe and a focus on public health and to put an end to the illicit market and the the entire uh, regulatory mechanism that we have put in place uh, is in line with that and and I can tell you that we have received uh, wide uh, uh, support from uh, uh, from our respective communities, from municipalities, our uh, lost, uh, uh, law enforcement partners, that Ontario has taken the right, balanced, um, and a safe and sensible approach to legalization of, of cannabis when the federal government passes the, the law. When we talk about uh, public health, I, I'm guessing that means the Ontario government doesn't plan to allow licensed lounges to allow that? Well, so I, I, you know, that uh, we also fully recognize and understand that uh, we will have to look at all those uh, important things. As you know, at the moment, uh, the law we have passed says that the minimum uh, age to use uh, cannabis for recreational purposes is, is 19, and the only place that you can legally use cannabis uh, is your home. Um, essentially, we've said that both 
the uh, rules around uh, smoking and use of tobacco would would apply because it is a hybrid uh, a product. Um, but as we are developing our regulations and as we're doing more consultations and regulations, we are asking the question around should we should we have licensed premises in the future where people can consume cannabis, whether by way of smoking or vaping uh, or or through um, uh, through edible uh, edibles. So. Uh, we fully recognize that, uh, as I said earlier, that this is this is a large culture shift. That over time we would have to adapt, and we we are giving ourselves the flexibility by way of regulation to adapt to those changes as our society gets more accustomed to, and we better understand the impact of uh, legal cannabis. You mentioned that uh, the only safe or the only legal place for you to consume marijuana when the leg- legislation passes is in your home, but for anybody who rents, they might run into some issues with their with their landlords. Yeah, and I mean that's why that's why we are we want to make sure that we uh, from a from a legal perspective keep the options available as to uh, li- a licensed uh, premises um, um, as well, and uh, our regulations uh, speak to that. And we're seeking uh, feedback, as you probably uh, probably saw in the, in the news not that long ago. Ottawa Public Health um, did their consultations and have uh, submitted uh, their their advice. We're also looking at um, you know hospitality sector like hotels where uh, smoking may be allowed, whether cannabis could be consumed um, um, on those premises on those hotel rooms. So. We we are we're looking at all those things. I think we all have to recognize, uh, and we definitely recognize that there will be changes as we go along. This is just not a one shot thing, uh, because it's so new. We we we're starting uh, in a safe and sensible, in a prudent manner, but f- fully fully acknowledging that there may be changes to be made as we move forward, and we're open to that. All right, yeah, sir. I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Ed. I really appreciate it. Time is ticking down on the province for the legalization of recreational cannabis. The feds were aiming for July 1st, although there have been some rumblings it could be pushed back a bit. Ontario, it's aiming to be ready for July 1st. I hope our podcast gives you something to mull over when you're considering this issue. I want to thank you for listening to the Unpublished Cafe podcast for Unpublished Ottawa. I'm Ed Hand.